Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Christmas Eve edition of the Happy Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and let me be the first to say Merry Christmas to you and your family. Today is Christmas Eve if you're listening when this podcast releases. And I just want to say we're spending the entire show today talking about Jesus and Christmas and what that means. And I have a great guest on today, Dan Darling, and him and I spend some time, not long because it's Christmas Eve and you're traveling or wrapping presents or whatever you might be doing. Maybe you're on a walk, whatever it is. We just wanted to talk about Jesus' birth and the characters surrounding his story. And I know that by our conversation today, you're going to be encouraged. Before we get to that conversation, I want to remind you about something that we've been doing and talking about over at the happy hour since Thanksgiving, basically, and that is Compassion International. I've told you the whole month about how my husband, Aaron, and I and our entire family have been supporters of Compassion for about 15 years. We really believe in the work that they are doing to release children from poverty in the name of Jesus. And they do this through local churches, which I will say again and again is my most favorite thing about Compassion International is that on the ground in the different countries where they have schools and programs, they work everything through the local church. And I just love that because I know that the local church is how lives are changed in my own personal life, potentially in your life as well, and also in kids' lives around the world. As I told you, we've been sponsoring children for a long time. And at the happy hour, we really want to see hundreds of children in the Dominican Republic get sponsors this holiday season. We're going to be talking about this through the end of this month. And I really would love to encourage you, if you've never thought about it, to think about now, what would it look like for you and your family or you and your roommate or or you by yourself to sponsor a child in the DR? There are hundreds of kids who have been waiting for longer than 12 months to have a sponsor. And don't forget, for just $38 a month, the children receive necessities like access to education, proper medical care, nutrition and clean water, gospel-centered discipleship program, all through their local church, like I said. Your sponsorship means that your sponsored child is an orphan by poverty, sold into slavery, or trafficked. You guys, you get to partner with a church in the DR to really help children have a different trajectory for their life. So right now, would you consider going to Compassion.com slash Ivy? That's my last name, I-V-E-Y. It's $38 a month. This would be a great thing to present to your family on Christmas Day or even for you to present to yourself as a gift saying, I'm going to allocate some of my money every single month to a child in the Dominican Republic. Now, as a thank you for this, because we want to thank you for doing this with us using that unique link of compassion.com slash Ivy, we're going to send you a wallet from Able. Yes, Able is one of my favorite companies. They do such good work in the world. And we're going to send you a wallet as a thank you. And we're also going to send the child that you sponsor a copy of my new kids book. And yes, it's in English. And yes, the DR speaks Spanish, but they learn English in school. And so we're going to provide every single child there with a copy of my book. So don't forget, you can make a difference. Many of these children, families live on less than $2 a day. 
They're often forced to make very desperate decisions to keep their family alive. They're vulnerable to trafficking, being sold into slavery or forced labor, or being orphaned by poverty. You guys, we can step in and make a difference. Go to compassion.com slash Ivy. And again, I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't done myself. Just this year, we sponsored a child in DR. Our family did. And so what a joy to be able to partner with such a great organization. All right, guys, I want to get to our conversation today. And it is with my friend, Dan Darling, who he's going to introduce himself. He's about to take a new job. So I'll let him tell you what he's done. But I met him through the ERLC where he worked for many years. Dan wrote a book in 2019 called The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. And I got my hands on this book last year and I read it during the month of December and I have read it again this December and I have declared I will read it every December because it is so good to remember the unlikely people that were in the story of Jesus' birth. So here is my conversation with Dan Darling about the people in Jesus' birth. Dan, welcome to the happy hour. I am so glad to be on here with you, Jamie, and I'm a huge fan and just can't wait to talk about Christmas. Well, likewise, it is Christmas Eve, the day the show is airing. And so I do have so many questions for you about Christmas. But before we get started, what do you do in life? So we're in the middle of a transition, actually. We're I'm now the director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement at Southwestern Seminary there in Fort Worth. We're in the process of moving to Fort Worth. I previously worked for the ERLC for about six and a half years as VP of Communications, and I was NRB for about a year and a half doing something similar. I pastored in Chicago for a while. So I've always been in around communication words. I'm a writer, so I've written 12 books and I write for like World Magazine and write for um, USA Today and other places and Gospel Coalition and other things. So really anything with words is what I do. I mean, that's really all I can do. I, I realized like, you know, early on, like I can't dance and I can't weld and I can't like <laughs> build stuff so I can do stuff with words. And I like to lead to, you know, build teams and all that. But really yeah. creativity and words is really what I do. I love that. And you know what? If you could dance, I don't know what you would be doing in your life right now, but I'm sure there'd be something for a dad of four to be in the dance field. I don't yeah. know. Dancing with the stars or something. Dancing yeah. with the stars. Dan Darling on it. Yes. Well, I'm excited about you and your family coming to Texas. Uh, welcome to Texas, by the way. Yes. Uh, we're big fans, as in everyone is who lives in Texas. We're all big fans. Or maybe I should say everyone that's from Texas. We have a lot of transplants coming in these days. And so yeah. welcome. Well, my wife is from Texas and she hasn't lived there in like 20 years. But when I first married her, I was like, she was t always talking about Texas. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. I like my state too. I'm from Illinois. <laughs> I didn't really get it, you know, for a while, but like, oh yeah, this is a big thing. So it's she's happy thing. to be coming back after years in exile. Years in exile. Speaking of exile, a uh, good transition there, Dan. It is Christmas Eve when this is airing. And full transparency, when we're recording this is the early December. And I'm in the middle of finishing mm -hmm. up my Christmas shopping. And I was thinking just yesterday, it was a Sunday afternoon. I'm on the computer and I only shop online. I don't care what you think about me. It's just the easiest thing for a mom mm -hmm. of four to shop online. So I'm finishing up my shopping. And I had this moment where I thought, I'm so done spending money. Like I am so done spending money in Christmas. I want to like get to Christmas. And it was this weird moment for me of like, okay, I do want to buy my kids gifts. It's fun to bless them. It's fun to be a parent and get them what they want. But I'm so ready to move on from that and move on to just like Jesus, like celebrating yeah. the birth of Jesus. And so what does it look like for you personally? And then maybe even for your family, how do you guys kind of slow down and pull back and really spend time to think about this season, although what an awesome blessing that we get to bless our friends and family with gifts, but man, we get to actually yeah. celebrate the birth of our savior. How do you guys pull back and do that? Well, you know, I feel like the whole year we're sprinting, you know, yeah. 
working really hard. Kids are in school. You've got schedules and I'm working and everything. And my wife's trying to keep it all together. I really like the month of December. It's one of my favorite months just because, you know, it's full of like the Christmas feels actually it kind of starts in November. You actually said you start celebrating Christmas in November 1st. Yeah, absolutely. I listen to Christmas music starting November. I just love the whole kind of feeling, the whole kind of month. And really, it's interesting. The whole world stops to really, in some ways, recognize the birth of Jesus. And it, it can get busy with shopping and all that stuff. But I even view all of that as a sort of like, I like all the lights, the parties, the cookies, everything is really fun. But I do think we do try the last couple of weeks of Christmas, you know, like the last couple of weeks, mm -hmm. those two weeks ish, you know, yeah. to just sort of relax to sort of like, you know, we try to do Advent with our family, reading through that and listening to music. And it's hard to slow down with kids though, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, yeah, I because know. they're off school, they got parties and they're doing things, you know, you're running around. But what we, one of the things we do try to do is try to go through like the pantheon of like Christmas movies, right? Mm -hmm. So we like, we sort of plan it out like Friday night, Saturday night, we got to watch another classic movie. So we're already through like Home Alone and we're through like, which one did we watch? We just watched Elf and Home Alone. And we're okay. working through the corpus of uh, Christmas movies that is so important. But I mean, it is hard for us to slow down. I think there's a part of us that just wants to always be running and running mm -hmm. and running. And Christmas in some ways forces us to do that. Yeah. For me, I can't get enough of the music and the worship. Last night we were at our church like concert thing. And I was kind of tired. I was like, man, we do we really need to go to this? You know how you feel like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like on Sunday night. On you're Sunday like, I don't night really want to sure. do this. Sunday nights, I want to watch football and all that. <laughs> But I got there and the, just the worship, the Christmas music just lifted my spirit so yeah. much. So I agree. We took our family on Saturday night to the Chosen Christmas special. Mm. And I just recently started watching the Chosen. I know I'm one of the last people and everyone has opinions on if they want to watch, you know, some people don't like watching a depiction of Jesus. Right. They'd rather not have that visual. And for me, it's fine. So I've just started watching it. And we interviewed Dallas Jenkins on the happy hour a couple of weeks ago. And we took our whole family to this. And they did a phenomenal job with this Christmas special. But I was the same way. They started singing the Christmas music. And mm -hmm. my soul, like I started crying the first one. Yeah. And I took my daughter's story to New York City for Thanksgiving. And we went and saw the Rockettes. And I don't know if you've ever seen them, but I was surprised because they did the whole Christmas story as one of the songs. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, here I am in New York City. This is not at like church tabernacle choir thing. This is the Rockettes. And they did a whole Christmas thing about the birth of Jesus. And it was exciting. But I want to talk to you about this, Dan, is when I watched the Chosen series and they depicted Joseph mm -hmm. and Mary heading to Bethlehem for the birth of Jesus. And I've been reading your book again this month, The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus, which I also read last year during December. And I think it's now a December tradition for me to read this book of yours. I love one that. of the things that Chosen did so well in all of their series, and you do so well in this book, is you really invite us as the reader to step in and say, hey, these are like kind of normal people, just like you and I. In fact, mm. not only are they normal, they're kind of unlikely. And so I think that's encouraging for us as we're listening, maybe on Christmas Eve to think, man, Jesus was born to very normal, unlikely people. So I'd like to hear from you. You've written about a lot of the people in Jesus' story of his birth. And who is your favorite unlikely person uh, in the story of Jesus' birth? Well, it's hard to pick one. I'll let you have more. I'll let you have more. Yes. You can pick more than one. <laughs> we love The Chosen too. Dallas is a good friend. And I just love how that has come together. We're going to go see that Christmas special in the theater. But, you know, I've always loved character profiles. You know, I was someone who grew up reading biographies all the time. I still read biographies in my spare time, like in my leisure time. And the Bible is full of these rich stories of ordinary people. And, you know, when we think of the people around the nativity, 
or the characters that our kids dress up as, you know, for Christmas pageants, you know, like put on a pillowcase over their head and like Mm -hmm. dress up as a shepherd or Wiseman or whatever. We think of them as these iconic figures over 2000 years. But when the story first happened, these were people who did not know that they were going to be part of this grand story. And they were just ordinary people. I mean, think of Mary and Joseph, just a, a poor peasant couple in a backwater town in the Roman empire. Mm. You know, this is like flyover country. This is like the parts of the country that you kind of forget. And for the son of God to come to these people in this town, people from Nazareth, even to Bethlehem, it's just so countercultural. I mean, so not what we would do if you're announcing the long awaited promise that had people been waiting for centuries, you would have a press release, you'd have a website, you would do it in New York City at 30 Rock, or you would just do it big. And it shows us what kind of savior Jesus is and what kind of the upside down nature of the kingdom of Mm. God, that he came to these poor people who didn't have any agency, didn't have any power. I think of Joseph. I mean, Joseph to me is a central character because all along in the story, he just kind of always did the next right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we read the timeline and we kind of compress it, but Mary finds out that she's pregnant with the son of God, the Holy Spirit. And then the text in the scripture just says, Joseph sort of found out. And I'm just like, how did that happen? Did he see a baby bump? (laughs) Did she tell him? Did she send him a note saying, I'm going off to see my cousin Elizabeth? And how did he find out? We don't know. In that moment, he was going to do the best thing for Mary, not for himself, but for Mary. And then there was a lot of time. We don't know how much time is between the time that he found out and the time the angel visited him. Could have been weeks. Mm. Think of all the sleepless nights. He just did the right thing. And he was always going to do it every step, the right thing that was not in his own best interest, but the best interest of Mary and the son of God. And imagine this role that he had, that he's not the earthly father, mm-hmm. but he stepped in. He was a father to Jesus. And we know this because later on, Jesus is called son of Joseph. And in his humanity, of course, Jesus is the son of God. He's omniscient as God. But in his humanity, the Bible says that he had a grow in stature and favor with God and man. So Joseph taught him probably. Mm-hmm. And so you think of when Jesus is in the wilderness facing temptation, all the scriptures he's quoting, probably Joseph taught him. And so he just fulfilled his role. He was willing to take on the shame and stigma that would be associated with him because, you know, Joseph and Mary had visits from angels, but their family didn't, Mm. you know, their parents didn't, their neighbors didn't. And you try telling your neighbors, (laughs) yeah, she's pregnant with the Holy Ghost. You know, that just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting to me, Joseph was willing to take on the shame for Jesus And Jesus would later take on Joseph's shame on the cross, dying for his sins. And so I just think he's just an example of an ordinary person who was willing to say yes to Jesus and is a really great example for us. Mm. You know, it's so encouraging to me when I hear you talk about that, because although none of us are going to be, you know, mom or dad, parents to the son of God, because that's already happened, but there is this opportunity to say, Mm -hmm. God is using ordinary people to do really big things in the world. And we see that in the story and it's encouraging for all of us who are like, we're just ordinary. I mean, you know, like Mm -hmm. even the way you introduce yourself, you're like, I love words. Like I figured out I couldn't do all this stuff. And God's like, I'm going to use your words Mm. to bring my glory to the world. And I think that is encouraging for us as we look at the story of Jesus and his birth. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. 
If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. You know, I also think there's this kind of sense of December is we celebrate. It is mm -hmm. happy. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus that had and also waiting the next coming of Jesus. But there are also so many people who are hurting right now. Mm. And I don't know when's the worst time of the world to hurt, like what month hurts more. But I feel like Christmas has got to be pretty hard for those mm. who are like waiting on something, waiting on a child that's gone astray, waiting on cancer results, waiting on mm. whatever might be. And you also dive in to people in Jesus' story that also might've felt the exact same way. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. One of the things that's unique about Christmas is that you can bring your joy and your sorrow yeah. to Christmas. That Advent is not just about a happy face and pretending everything's okay. 
there is joy in Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. rejoicing is the King has come, but he came into a world that was broken, just like very much like ours. He came into a world that's full of pain and sorrow. Even the Christmas story itself, where Herod is threatened by this new King and he commits infanticide in Bethlehem. And imagine those parents mm-hmm. that lost their children. So Christmas, we can bring our grief and our sorrow. The Bible says Jesus is a man who is acquainted with our sorrows and our griefs. This year is going to be hard for a lot of folks. There's an empty place around the table where someone was. We've lost friends and family to COVID. You know, I've lost an uncle this year. We lost our piano teacher last year to COVID. People have lost jobs. People have got relational struggles. And the Christmas story, you can bring that. You know, Jesus Mm -hmm. enters our brokenness. He enters our pain. I think of the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth, that here's a family that was faithful to God and they just wanted to have a child Mm. and they could not bear a child. And imagine year after year, praying, praying, praying for this promise, praying both for the promise of a Messiah, but promise for their own child. And here God enters their pain and they have a child. Jesus entered a broken world and even read it in Mary's song when she is given the news that she says, this is the one that is going to make things right. This mm-hmm. is the one that's going to come and renew and restore the world. This is the one who's going to you know, turn the world upside down. And that is really why Christmas is a happy time, but it's also a time to bring your sadness and your pain and God can hear that. And it's a time, Christmas is not just a sweet little story. It's a really a story of revolution. It's a story of, I mean, read Mary's song. Mary's saying people in power are going to be toppled and God's justice is going to reign. And what a great promise we have, especially for those who are on the margin. For Mary, who is on the margin, she's 13, 14 years old, probably. She's able to say this child in my stomach is the genuine king that all the people who are in power are going to be toppled and people on the margins will have just, I mean, it's just an amazing story. Mm. Speaking of people on the margins, it's almost like the shepherds. I mean, these mm-hmm. are the people on the margins and God said, I'm coming near to you in this moment. Yes. I love the story. Of the sh- like I love the shepherds because I don't think it's a coincidence that God announced this to shepherds. You think about this. Mm. This is the promise that people of God have been waiting for. For thousands of years, the prophets foretold everything. And when Jesus comes, who's the first ones he tells? He doesn't tell Caesar. He doesn't tell Herod. He doesn't even tell the religious leaders. He announces it with this huge concert in a field to a bunch of lowly shepherds, which makes no sense to us. But if you really understand the scripture, it does make sense because he was telling us what kind of king he was going to be, that he would be a righteous king. He'd be a savior, but he'd be a shepherd. And shepherding is to me, the predominant leadership model throughout the scriptures. If you think about David, King David was plucked from the shepherd fields. Think about the way that God condemned bad leaders by saying they're bad shepherds. Mm. Then even Jesus later would say, I am the good shepherd. He was saying that this is the kind of king and kind of kingdom. It's going to be a kingdom of shepherding. And I also think through the shepherds, we see some symbolism because the shepherds were guarding the lambs that would be used for Passover. And Jesus is the Passover lamb. And I just think also shepherds didn't have much. They're blue collar folks. They were the folks that don't like have a book or a byline or Uh headline conferences. They're the people that you forget. And actually the people that were kind of pushed out to say, yeah, "Yeah, we need your sheep and we need all this, but we don't really like you because the greatest announcement in the history of the world comes to them. Mm. And God knew that. And he knew also that they would be receptive. Immediately they heard the message and they had to go tell somebody. So I just think there's so much there. It's not a coincidence. It's divinely orchestrated that he announced to the shepherds. Well, I love 
remembering this story that, you know, as a 43 year old woman has heard my entire life, you mm. know, and celebrated my entire life of the birth yeah. of Jesus. And the thing that I find so interesting between both of us having this conversation is there, it never gets old remembering oh. this about how God chose the people in the story of Jesus' birth. Like it never gets old. And every year I'm in awe more of like Me hearing about the shepherds. And it's not the first time I've ever heard that. And I just am in awe of the way that God brought salvation to his people, to you and I, to those that are listening mm. today. And it's just, it never gets old. And so, Dan, thank you so much for your encouragement to us. Thank you for, man, thank you for writing this book. I know by the time people are listening to this, it's after Christmas, but I guess you can read mm -hmm. a Christmas book in January, you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. It's totally acceptable. Yeah, it's totally acceptable. And if you're part of the liturgical calendar, technically it goes through into January. So good news, guys. You can read that. And I'm with you too, Jamie. I'm 43 as well. 1978 was a good year for the world, apparently. There you go, apparently. But I, every year, there's something formative about the way that having grown up with Christmas mm. and every Christmas Eve to me is the best time of year when you're gathered with your friends and your family and you're holding the candle and you're singing Silent Night. I can barely get through it without crying at this point. And it's just, it's so meaningful to me, the words. I do remember one time, my probably the most memorable time singing Silent Night was on a trip to Israel. I don't know if you've been to Israel mm, before. I have not. But there's the Church of the Nativity that's there in Bethlehem. And we don't know if that's where Jesus was born, but it, they, you know, it could be the over the mm. spot, maybe, maybe not. But you actually go under the Church of the Nativity into this little tiny grotto underneath where they think maybe that's the place where he was born. We don't know. But I remember being down there with my wife and like maybe a dozen other people and singing Silent Night. Oh and uh, I just always remember that whenever I sing it. So anyways, I, every year, you know, it doesn't get old to me. And I can't wait for the calendar to turn to December and to sing these songs and to be reminded of the birth of Jesus. Well, thank you so much. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. I would like to hear from you. I know you're an avid reader. What are you reading these days? So, man, I'm reading a ton of things. Like I love to read. I've always got two or three books going. So I've usually got one that's on my nightstand, one or two. I'm actually reading a volume right now of J.I. Packer's like columns and writings. I just always felt him to be such a great mm -hmm. writer, you know, the author of Knowing God. Mm -hmm. And then I'm listening to a biography of actually Robert E. Lee, which is interesting, you know, not a great person, but yeah. still an interesting history. And then for Advent, I'm reading through Sinclair Ferguson's Advent book. And uh, I just love reading a different Advent book every year. So mm -hmm. I've read a lot of them, Tim Keller and yeah. Fleming Rutledge and all those folks. So that's yeah. kind of what's on my nightstand. So I'm always sort of reading several different things. I love it so much. 
I just started listening to a book and I hesitate to say what it is because I haven't heard anything terrible yet, but you never know. You know what I mean? But you yeah. said you like autobiographies. I'm listening to Will Smith's new book, Will. And oh, yeah, he reads it. And they also put in like music behind it and stuff. I the bet Audible, it's amazing. It's amazing. The Audible is amazing. So I have not heard anything bad yet. So I'm giving that I'm a huge disclaimer. Audible fan. I usually have an audiobook going and then I'm doing other reading. I love audiobooks. I mean, like I walk, you know, yeah. I walk through my uh -huh. neighborhood. So I listen to those and I, you know, I will read things in biographies of people, even about people I don't even agree with or yeah. may not even like, because I think when you read biographies, you kind of get like a sense of history of through that person's eyes yes. that part of time. Yes. So yeah, I'm reading about Robert E. Lee, which is like not a hero at any stretch, but reading about, you know, that is just so yeah. interesting. And I'm, I'm also listening to it. You know, I think that's awesome. It does seem like the narrator's key though. Right. I don't know about you, but if it's a bad narrator, I may make it through one or two chapters and I'm just like, I can't do this. I don't know. If, are you that way too? I am a little bit. And I really like it when I'm reading a book that somebody wrote that they also read. Yes. Especially if they are like Will Smith. So like, you know, right. I, I if listen it's an to actor, Matthew, it's like, exactly. That's good. I listened to Matthew McConaughey's book as well. And he read it and it was just a whole different experience. And that one's on book. my list. I want to read that one. You should listen to it. I'm just gonna let you know. I mean, listen, listen to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Matthew. He reads it and he does a great job. Dan, thanks so much for spending some time with us and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Well, thank you for having me, Jamie. I'm a huge fan and uh, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. You guys, thanks for listening to our Christmas Eve episode. I hope that you were encouraged by the conversation. I think one of my favorite things that Dan said is that you can bring your joy and your sorrow to Christmas because they were both present when Jesus was born. And Jesus is a man who can take both of our joy and our sorrow. And so I hope that's comforting to you right now, no matter what is happening in your life. Guys, don't forget, go to compassion.com slash Ivy. Pray about it. See if it's something that you and your family would like to be a part of. And when you sponsor a child with Compassion International that's in the DR through our webpage, compassion.com slash Ivy. We're going to send you an Able wallet as a thank you. And we're going to send a book to the child that you sponsored. Friends, we have two more shows for the month of December on the next happy hour. It is my entire team. Well, most of them. And we're sitting down and we're talking about our favorite things about the happy hour from 2021. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message on Instagram about who has been your favorite guest you've listened to this year. But we're going to talk about that next week. And then we'll close out the show on December 31st with my friend Emily P. Freeman. And then I cannot wait for the amazing guests that we have next year for 2022. You guys, Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas Eve. I pray that wherever you are celebrating, um, that you are entering into a moment of knowing that Jesus can take your sorrow and your joy and that he is a savior for the world who was sent to some very unlikely ordinary people just like you and me. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. 
The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work.